The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Night gathers, and now my watch begins. Welcome to The Throne Room, the unofficial Game of Thrones internet radio show exclusively on poppychularadio.com. Poppychula Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, June 23rd, 2016, and I am Priscilla of House Martell and commander of this particular Night's Watch. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the hit HBO series, Game of Thrones. Please welcome my co-host. Winter is coming. It's Brittany of House Stark. Hey, guys. I'm ready. I am the Sansa Defense Squad, and I am in full effect tonight. <laughs> Iron from Ice. It's Izzy of House Forester. What's up, Internet? And standing in as a guest today, it's Here We Stand. It's Omar of House Mormont. Hey guys. So now that we've got an introduction settled, let's jump into our recap of season six, episode nine, titled Battle of the Bastards, and aired June 19th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Daenerys meets with the slave masters to negotiate terms of surrender, but they refuse it. She then rides Drogon as Rhaegal and Viserion assist them in burning the slaver's fleet. Grey Worm kills two of the masters, leaving one of them to tell what he witnessed. After the battle, Theon and Yara meet with Daenerys and Tyrion and agree to an alliance. Near Winterfell, the Stark and Bolton armies meet on the field. Ramsay frees Rickon but kills him with an arrow before Jon can save him. In the battle, the Stark forces are pinned by Bolton soldiers, but they are rescued by the Knights of the Vale. Ramsay flees inside Winterfell, but Wunwun, having taken numerous arrows to his body, manages to break the door down before succumbing to his wounds. John brutally beats Ramsay and takes him as prisoner. Sansa later visits Ramsay's cell in the kennels and watches as his starving hounds devour him. As for ratings, TV by the Numbers gave the show 7.66 million viewers and a 3.8 in the ratings, so it dropped a tenth from last week, but these are great numbers considering the NBA playoffs were at the same time. So... I loved this episode. I really like the internet has been like kind of bubbling saying that this is the best episode that Game of Thrones has ever had. I, I, I haven't done a rewatch in a while, so I don't necessarily know like if I agree with that, but I know it's like the best episode so far of the season, in my opinion. But what was everyone's initial reaction to the episode? And I'm going to start with Izzy. Um, I think like. By the time I, I ended the episode, I was like, holy crap, like, that a lot, a lot of shit happened. But I wasn't, like, too particularly happy with the fact that um, 
some of the pacing and the fighting was kind of off for me. I just didn't like. I enjoyed the fighting. It was a good spectacle, but I felt like some of the pacing was weird, and I was like, "Come on!" I guess part of me was just like, "Come on, get on with it!" Like I want to see like what happens. I know that that you know. I I I said it last episode that I felt like John wasn't gonna die, and then in the moments where we thought he was, I was like, "He has." He has plot armor. He ain't dying right now, you know? So, like, I was kind of like, oh, get on with it. It's dragging on a little bit. I felt like it dragged on in that fight a bit. I think it was too much. It was great, but I feel like it was too much. And that's, and at the end of the episode, I was like, that was a great episode. But that's as much as I, I go with it. Huh. Brittany, the Santa Defender. As you said, like at the very beginning of the epi- of this episode, what did you think about this episode? Izzy is just kind of like, I-, I don't know. I feel like he's up and down about this. But what did you think? Dude, I totally am like, I'm still blown away by this freaking episode. I think we've. I was anxious all week because I knew what was gonna, what what episode was coming up. I was like, this is the episode that I think we've been kind of teased since like last year. Um, especially when Sansa uh, escaped. We knew where she was going to go, but we just didn't know if uh, she would meet up with Jon and they would come come together and fight Ramsay. And then when we did, it's like, holy shit, this is what we've been re- waiting for. And they did not fail to deliver. When I was um, getting the episode ready, I sat down, you know, and I see with a, a bunch of people and me and my sister were like, we're really, we're really nervous. And I'm not saying I was nervous for John, but I was just nervous in general because I felt like somebody important had to die in this episode. And I was, my heart was beating even before we got to the, to the battle sequence. But I think this episode had something that, uh, that kept me glued to the screen. I was not bored once. I was cheering the entire time. I was scared. I had my hands on my face. This is, I want to say hands down the best episode of Game of Thrones. And because it didn't give me anything shocking, which Game of Thrones does, it gave me everything I wanted in a medieval, epic, dark fantasy series. And I am so, I I just, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Huh. Okay, so we have kind of like a middle. We have a love. Omar, are you going to give it love too? It was an amazing episode. Compared to the last couple of episodes, this one just... It was amazing. The day before, I was really mad slash upset with the game, Mexico Lost, and this episode just made me forget all about that. It, I was on the edge of my seat. I, you know, of course, you didn't know who was going to die. Um, there was a lot of main characters on this episode. It was a huge battle. You, you never knew if some someone else was going to, you know, either die, if John was going to die, because, of course, um, you know, like they say, maybe he was brought back just to die on this episode. I mean, just to die, so you never knew. Plus, if, you know, this was such a great episode, if you have a grown man, which was my uncle, watching it, squealing and just on the edge of his seat, excited, then you know this was an amazing episode. It's true. Like, Game of Thrones, for all ages that are mature, at least, enough to see well, it. Cause... mature people, I don't think it'll be good <laughs> for little kids. Oh God! But before we get into a thorough recap and just talk about it, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Follow the station on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Poppy Chula Radio. 
If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, we'd love to hear from you. Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or a blog contributor? You can email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. And search for The Throne Room through iTunes and hit that subscribe button. So to break this down, like I'm, we're going to just like talk about everything that happened in Marine, everything that happens before the battle in Winterfell, and then everything that happens during and after the battle. Like I figured that's the easiest way to go about this episode. So for Marine, we started off the episode with the slave master ships completely wrecking Marine, And we have Tyrion talking to Daenerys about how Marine was on the rise and that she had the support of most of the people, but the rebirth of the city threatens the masters. So Daenerys just goes kind of like balls out and says, I'm going to burn them down and kill them. But like, but Tyrion warns her, don't be like your father, who would have used wildfire to destroy all of King's Landing, the innocents included. So they decide to meet with the, ma- the masters, Yezan Zokagas, Razdal Moeras, and Belkio Panimon. Razdal offers to let Daenerys go if she gives up all of the Unsullied and Misande and she kills her dragons. Which is a very good deal. So they're interrupted though by Drogon who flies away with Daenerys and along with the other two dragons, Viserion and Rhaegal, they attack the fleet. Meanwhile, her Dothraki army invades and defeats the Sons of the Harpy and Grey Worm lets the Master's troops know they have the option to either surrender or die and they choose to surrender and they run off and Grey Worm lets all of the masters there, the three, know that one of them is going to die for breaking the peace negotiations and both of them offer Yezan, who is the only one of them that's lowborn. So Grey Worm kills Razdal and uh, Belkio instead and Yezan is only left alive to warn everyone else against ever uprising against Daenerys. And afterwards Daenerys and Tyrion meet with Yara and Theon Greyjoy, and Yara and Theon are offering a hundred ships from the Iron Fleet in exchange for support for her, to, uh, for Yara to be able to take back the Salt Throne in the Iron Islands. And they tell her that more ships are being built by Euron, but if you accept his ships, you also have to accept his hand in marriage. So Daenerys counters this offer and says, okay, I'll agree to this if you support my claim to the Seven Kingdoms and you stop raiding them, to which Yada agrees. So that was a ton of shit happening in Marine. Like, but it's not anything, like, I'm gonna pull an Izzy here and be like, it's not anything that we didn't expect. Like, I kind of felt that Daenerys had all of this handed to her. Like, she knew she had her dragon. She knew she had, like, her troops. Like, there was nothing really challenging about this. Nothing that really left you, like, fuck like is this is this gonna happen or like or is she gonna be in danger of losing this battle like no like all the cards were stacked in her favor which kind of took away from that moment for me but i did love seeing uh the i loved seeing the the kind of meeting between the two queens yada and daenerys that was awesome Especially Yara's thing where, like, I never demand, but I'm up for anything, really. I was like, God damn. I didn't know I could, like, ship something else, but 
these two girls I'm shipping. I love them. But uh Izzy, you're usually pretty hard on Daenerys. Are you like are you annoyed with her with this with with this bit? Not really. No. I mean, it was just like you can't really do anything about it. This was going to happen. There was like we were talking about this last episode. We were like, "Oh, probably Theon and Yara are going to show up just in the nick of time and there's going to be like there's going to be either like they're going to help them out like fight the fleet that was already there or there is going to be a deal. We had already like ta- like mentioned this. So we kind of saw this coming. There wasn't really like much surprise. The only thing that like um pissing me off was a little bit was that for some reason it felt like Tyrion and or my boy Tyrone Tyrone and uh Grey Worm and like uh they were all into this plan that they had and um I, I feel like as a viewer we're supposed to just eat that up and not expect an explanation and this is my problem with most shows where they give us something at, at front value and they just expect us to eat it and not have a logical reason behind it so it just felt like everything was in her favor and there was nothing that could be done so it made me feel like that entire scene was like okay okay well, whatever let's just move on but other than that like it was pretty expected i guess i i guess i was just wasn't surprised by it is what i'm trying to say yeah i think that word expected like sums it up pretty well but omar what did you think about the sacking of marine it was Well, you know, pretty much um like he said, it's pretty much everything was expected, you know. You weren't of course guess I mean going to feel like oh something's bad going to happen. But one thing was that whenever Tyrion or Tyrone um you know mentioned that that the, you know because like he mentioned to to Daenerys, "Hey, you know what? You're technically leading kind of like being your like your father." Um but still he didn't mention that there were still wildfire under you know king's landing so i think they threw that in kind of like to hint something that's going to happen in the in like in the future episode because i don't think he would just mention hey you know what there's still wildfire under king's landing so maybe she might end up being like her father in the end is you know that's just one thought but still i think it might be sexy actually cuz you remember like in in a couple of episodes back when she came out she's like were the rumors true and he said yeah, and the uh, kyburn said yes it was and i was thinking at the time she totally found the wildfire so but it's just useless though you know then pretty much it's just going like she's going to use it they're going to lose a whole bunch of people over there and there and there won't be any like fight scene or anything like that or huge battle for Daenerys to take over king's landing and i think she you know there has to be that Oh. It's just reminding me again of that like Bran that vision that Bran had when the dragon like kind of flew over King's Landing but King's Landing looked kind of wrecked. I, yeah, so so that's what I feel is that maybe now that she knows that there's wildfire under there maybe the nurse is going to be the one who's going to use it. Because oh. you know um ne- because next episode is is um you know um is Cersei's trial. So I don't think they're going to get there to King's Landing within one episode. Okay. Yeah, well, we, have, actually, we have two more seasons left of this, so like I don't I yeah. I don't think that the Nerys would burn. Like why would you take the counsel of Tyrone and then just burn the city down? That's 
I don't think that's a logical thing that that would ever happen. I think Priscilla's more on the track of like, I think fucking Cersei, like we said before, she's out of resources, and now she found a resource. Like I've noticed that a lot of the King of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones, King of Thrones, Game of Thrones uh, thing is is all dependent on like what resources are available, and that's what the plot device that they use to tell the story within inside the show. So like now that they made, if they like they're foreshadowing with the dragon fire and we've already know that she's plotting something then i think priscilla might be right that you know she's gonna end up burning down uh king's landing and it, and it actually might not be like she's planning to burn it down maybe she just has it there you know for insurance and you know we've been speaking about you know the prophecy with cersei and stuff um we're i'm pretty sure she's gonna be pushed to the edge somehow and that's gonna happen but that's what i think of that Brittany, you've been kind of quiet about this what did you think of marine oh i i loved it i think we got everything we needed in there but i think what stood out to me the most is um there's a lot of criticism with Danny. I think I think her the favoritism for her character and the hate is 50-50. I think uh, I think a lot of show watchers love her, but a lot of book readers don't like her. Not everybody. It's, a, it's making a generalization, but I've always liked Danny because we don't see her become a we see her become a queen, but we're we're growing with her into actually becoming a ruler and. Um, and her ideals are great, but the execution hasn't been going her way. And uh, and my, one of the one of my favorite things about her in this episode is when she comes back, she's pissed off, and uh, the first thing she says, like, I'm gonna burn them. But what she does that that shows maturity is that Tyrion tells her no, like, listen to me, and she doesn't fight with him. She listens, he talks, and then you know it's and then she talks. He listens, and then they come up with a really good plan, and it 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 it's awesome. And I like I, I can't. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry yeah, like oh. I like whenever Tyrion just first arrived there, she didn't want to take his advice. Now she is, um, especially whenever you know, um, like whenever they came to offer her the ships, she still looked at Tyrion to see, hey, should I take this offer? And you know, she took his advice when he said, yeah, go ahead. You know, that's when she shook uh, their hand. So I yeah. love how he's playing a huge role in this, too. Since yeah, and that's why... That's, sorry. <laughs> yeah, since, since technically he's like one of my favorite characters, him and Jon Snow, I just love that he's doing that, but... I, I, I just don't want to say anything anymore. I don't want, you know, George R. R. Martin hearing this and being like, hey, you know what, he loves him so much. Cut him. I actually <laughs> want to see Tyrion die. The sooner he dies, the better. Because oh. it, it creates dynamic within the show, and if they set it up like they set, like I feel this is what I feel, and you might guys when I read, but I feel like everything is going too right for Daenerys, and because it's going too right, she's gonna have to lose something, and that's usually what Game of Thrones like policy is. When something's going too right for you, somebody dies, and um, what. The biggest thing that she has to lose, and I agree with Brittany, I think we've had we've had growing pains with her. My my dislike for her as a character is that I think that she's been useless the entire time. And the only reason she's any like she's relevant at all is because she has a fucking awesome council that pretty much carries her. Um 
I think she is learning from them, and I agree with that. Um, but her biggest weakness is that if her council goes, she's pretty much done too. I don't think that, you know, she could do really anything without them. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. I, I kind of want to see like her end would be that her council or the people that are backing her up would 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 die on her. Like if Tyrone gives the most like awesome advice to her, you know, like she has a great commander for her troops that are completely loyal. So her weakness is the people that support her. And seeing somebody die like that creates a great dynamic for the show. So that's just my fantasy, what I want to happen. I want to see Tyrion die, even though he's also my favorite character. But I'm an asshole. You love you 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 like angst. Obviously, you're just kind of like yeah. make me feel pain, make but me feel something. Show. I agree with him honestly. You know, um, I get a feel. I, I feeling. I, I feel like Daenerys is the one who has everything for her. She has everything going for her. Everything good has happened to her. Nothing really bad has happened to her. You know, in, in like the past couple of seasons that much. Um, but and everyone else had something really bad happen to them. So my guess is that maybe this season finale or next season, she might end up losing a lot. I I I actually don't agree with both of you. I think uh, I think her journey is becoming queen, but becoming a good ruler, becoming somebody you want to root for, and that's that's why I had been rooting for Danny for since season one because the people who were ruling Westeros weren't doing a good job and they were evil like robert okay whatever but he put the the kingdom in debt and then uh, he dies and then it's joffrey and i don't care about joffrey being um uh illegitimate i cared that he was an asshole and uh i just i wanted him out of there and then when Tommen became king i was kind of like okay well you know tom is not a bad guy but you need a good counsel when you're young so that you can learn from it. And that's one of the things Tywin says to Tommen as soon as Joffrey dies. He's like, what's something that every king needs? And he says, wisdom. And the, the wisdom to listen to your counsel. And if your counsel has good intentions, you can become a great ruler. And that's why I like Daenerys. I mean, yeah, the dragons are cool. Her name is cool. She's awesome. But is she good? Is she going to do the right thing? And she's always had those really great ideals. So that's why I want her to get her ass over there. And be better because as long as the Lannisters and Cersei are there, it's going to be really shit. Although I will say that Marjorie would be an excellent queen. And I hope nothing really happens to her when Daenerys gets there. But um, maybe Marjorie's uh, motivation will be something else when she gets there. But that's why I don't mind Daenerys getting over there and, um, and ruling. And I just... I don't know, I just think that that's fine, and I don't think she needs anyone to die unless she royally fucks up, and so far, the only thing that's really fucked up is, you know, her learning to be a queen, wanting to punish, and wanting to show mercy. Because that was one of her faults last season when Sir Barristan told her, you know, you should show mercy, but she ends up chopping the guy's head off, and then the slaves, you know, turned on her. You know, and that's that's what I like. That that kind of angst and uh, and drama I like. Because that's her journey. It's not to be a. It's not to be like John, John's story or Sansa's story. It's her own story. So uh, that's my thing, and I'm glad Yara's there. I'm totally on board for lesbian queens. Like that was fucking hilarious. Uh, 
One you know, thing I mean, I've also noticed, that. like I'm in that just... scene, is like I saw kind of like the, the, you know, like the women. I think they're gonna take over by the end because we got, you know, Lyanna already. We got, of course, Cersei. Now we got Jara, and you know, well, we got Sansa too. So right now, you, you you can see that the women are taking over slowly. But but I feel by the very end, it's gonna be the women who are gonna rule everything. Hope so. Like, if we're pulling for like somebody to rule like the Seven Kingdoms, I'm still pulling for Daenerys. Like, out of all of them. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I, I think, uh, I think she's good, and as long as she has a really strong council with her, she won't be corrupted. And I feel like the difference between her and her father is who he had as count as council members, but also, um, they like you know. My Maester Pycelle was there, you know, that that guy is only going to be there to save his own skin. You know, I mean, remember what he said on the Trial of Tyrion when he was talking about Joffrey, the greatest king or something we ever had, and I was like, no. And I feel like um, Danny's council will tell her when she's wrong. And the same thing happened when Robert was there too, right? He wanted to kill Danny, and Ned was the only one that said no, child, you know. Don't don't do it. And everyone else was like, well, we kind of should, you know, but I like that her counsel will tell her, you know, no, or listen to me. And she yeah. heeds their counsel. And that's why I feel like she's on the road to becoming a better ruler. And uh, yeah, but there's so, but there's one thing I, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler, but I there there are rumors that the, the ending will be bittersweet. And that's just just a generalization. So I don't know what that means. But I, I do want Danny to take the throne and be good. And maybe she will lose people along the way. But I hope not everybody. I mean, her council's awesome. She's got like three, three now four dickless people. She's got, <laughs> you know, the red, the red priestess. You know, she's got some stuff. And I, I like this band of, of people with her. Yeah, because I agree with, um, because you do have a point right there. I feel that, of course, if Tyrion doesn't die, he will be a really good, uh, like you know, really good, like, like he has always guided her the good way. I mean, really good, uh, because if she was making her own decisions, she would really make bad decisions right there to guide her, you know, to the right path. And I, and of course, if he doesn't die, like next season or anything like that, I feel that he should stay with her and he should you guide her in how to become an excellent queen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with you with the whole like, yeah. We, I feel like this. The the rumor is that that this season season's gonna end with some something bitter, bittersweet. But I, it's probably for the same reason for what I said. Like, it's just that she has too much going for her. And yeah. I think the general reaction of the public is that you want to see, you want to see the hero. You want to see the hero taken down. Like, there's like that when when Jon Snow was being stamped, like the, it was in the stampede. I was hoping that he would die. Like the entire time. I was like, this is how you're going to go, Jon Snow. It, 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 <laughs> you it, you, it, you it, need it, something it, to surprise yeah, you. Yeah, I do. Because, like, Jon Snow dying that way, it, like, for me, it's kind of like poetic justice. Like, like he is for his men, and, like, he is fighting for his men, and then his men kill him by, by, you know, like, stomping on him without realizing that he's there. You know, I don't but... think he would have died that way because, of course, he's loved by millions. I think that if they would have killed him off in this episode, it would have um, it would have pretty much been um, because of Ramsay. And 
but I feel that, you know, if he would have died, it would have been between him and Ramsey, and probably Ramsey would have been all worn out, and that's when Sansa would pop See, out and but probably that's the thing. kill him. That's, exact, that's exactly what we want. And that's what makes TV boring, to give us exactly what we want. The best the best play would be that John died to a stampede, and then uh, it's only Sansa having to deal with everything else. With the fucking, the, the worst than Satan, Peter Peter Baelish. That's that's what creates dynamic in the show, I feel. Hmm. Okay. Well, y'all are getting ahead of me. So, like, let's talk about the North oh, you. Basically before the battle, and then we'll talk about it after. So, before everything happens, we have kind of, like, Jon Snow and Sansa and Davos all meet with Ramsay Bolton, along with uh, Harold Karstark and Small John Umber. And Ramsay demands that they surrender Sansa and kneel and declare him the true Warden of the North. And in exchange, he'll forgive them all for treason. Which we know that that's... Fuck all if that's going to happen, because it's Ramsay. But Jon Snow instead asks him for single combat. Uh, in, but And the Bolton refuses, because... It's, it's the smart way to go. I have a bigger army than you do. Why the hell would I, ask, would I go in single combat with you? Uh, they also ask, how do we know that Rickon is with you? And he kind of shows them the head of Shaggy Dog. And they still refuse the deal. And Sansa says, like, one of the best lines of this episode, which is, you're going to die tomorrow, Ramsay Bolton. Sleep well. And back at the encampment, John, Davos, and Tormund, they plan their defense, realizing that they need the Bolton troops to be the first to charge at them. And Sansa warns John before all this that like he doesn't know Ramsay, that he that Ramsay likes to play with people. And to kinda like have it set in mind that they're never going to get Rickon back. And they they kind of disagree and they both like walk off. And Tormund and Davos kind of walk together and they, they talk about like how they believed in different kings and Mance and Stannis and how now they believe in Jon. And Tormund offers like, hey, do you want to drink goat's milk with me? But Davos takes a walk. And on that walk, he finds the toy that he carved for Shireen in the remnants of a pyre. And Jon Snow gets to talk to Melisandre and orders her not to bring him back should he die in battle. But all she says is that she's going to follow the Lord of Light's command. And I, I loved at the end, it was just kind of like, what kind of God would like face me, like would make me do that? And she, she's just really depressed and she's like, the only God we've got. This, this whole bit before the battle, everyone is like real depressed. But the, the thing that stood out to me was fucking shit. Finally, like Davos has figured out that Melisandre killed his like his favored little girl like ah like that that made me so fucking happy like I, I'm ready to see Melisandre fucking die I hate her hey 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 I, Melisandre might you know she might have done bad things but still I don't think she should die like soon I think she's a stay alive still I don't I like her she's a nice person She's a nice person that burns people alive. I think. I think she the thing with, the with Mel- way, okay? Yeah, I think the thing with Melisandre is. Uh, I think she's a gray character. I don't think she's truly evil or bad. I mean, when she's introduced, she's pretty. Uh, 
you're kind of like she just gave birth to like a demon or a shadow like what the fuck but i think what what made me kind of sway into like her being like on my list of people that i guess needs to die to pay for what she's done to like someone that i'm like okay maybe we do need you because out of all the gods and stuff that we've heard in this show, the only one that seems to be working or that exists is the Red God. And what's cool about Melisandre is that she is a fanatic, but when Stannis' army falls, she falls too. Her faith completely uh, disappears. Like, she is just, what the fuck? Like, I thought everything I was doing was for a reason. Like, she never said she wanted to kill people just to kill people. She did it because her lord told her to. And then when all of that fails, uh, she she's depressed and she doesn't understand. And then her faith is rejuvenated when she brings back Snow. And one of the theories going on is, like, what if, uh, what if the reason uh, Snow, Jon Snow was brought back was because, you know, you really wanted him to be brought back. Because one of the things... Uh, Melisandre says when she's bringing him back is please like a really soft like please like bring him back you know like and it's uh it's just really cool and I I hate what she did to to Shireen but I also think it wasn't because she just wanted to kill her I don't think Melisandre is that type of person but she is the type with like I have a goal and if you're part of it I'm sorry sorry not sorry you know, so, but I do think that maybe Davos will probably kill her. I don't know when, but I do think that's going to happen. Uh, so, um, but I love that, that John tells her, you know, uh, don't bring me back. And she's like, you don't tell me what to do. The Lord of Light tells me to, what to do. And I think what she meant by that is that if he tells me to go and get you and, you know, bring you back and you come back, you were meant to come back. But if I try to bring you back and you don't come back, you're not meant to come back. That's how I think I, I, I took that scene. So Me that's uh, awesome. I thought that was really like smart, like wordplay from her. Like, yeah. hey, I don't make the fucking decisions, bro. I'm just, yeah, I'm she just could a go vessel. To, yeah, what if she went to like someone else, like a random person and like tried to bring it back and they don't come back? I wish we could see something like that because that would kind of make sense in the fact that maybe there is someone who wants you to come back and it's not really... The person who's who's saying the words, but the person who's controlling, you know, who's putting your soul back in you, you know, and I, I think that's really interesting because the only what's other the person, of, um, the other guy the that, no, 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 the other red mistress, what's her name? Uh, Kinvara. Kinvara. Yeah. See, see, the only reason I agree with Priscilla is because I already placed Melisandre with Kinvara in my heart. So oh, yeah. we just haven't seen her, so that's why I'm kind of like, know. You know, we'll see, but. I guess what what I see from that is that if if Davos does end up killing her soon, then we have another priestess. But this priestess hasn't seen what Melisandre has. Like I I want her to get in there. Yeah. I get all the information, and I want to see if this if this chick has it in her to help our heroes because that's all I want. I want someone on the side of our heroes that knows shit and uh, and I guess in a way has like a. A really good goal and Melisandre already all her visions have been true she just interpreted them wrong she said think... she, she said she saw Jon Snow fighting she yeah. said she saw the banners she's you know she said she saw all this stuff but she interpreted it wrong and she also knows now that the big battle wasn't the battle of the bastards it's the battle with the White Walkers Kinvara doesn't yeah. know this shit so like I, I you know that that's that's my dilemma there 
But if they can like fix all of that, then I don't, you know, I won't mind. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Like, there's just there's so many. So sometimes, like, I think we we uh, let the show and the hype of the show take over, like what we feel for it. But there's also like you're mentioning, like there's a lot of discrepancies in the story, and a lot of it has to do with the whole like the fact that they introduced Kanvara, and you know what they're gonna do with her. Is she even like? Uh, is she first of all? Is she even a character? Is she even relevant? Is my question. Um, Danny haven't even met either. Like I want to yeah, exactly. see that. I want to see them go because I don't know if Danny's very religious either. She just knows that her dragons are a thing. Like who does she believe in? Is she no gonna problem. become a fanatic? Is she gonna go crazy too? Is she yeah, gonna believe? I don't you know. know. I, to, to be seen is Arya and Melisandre because remember she looked exactly. at her and Oh, that's again. true. That's true. Well, I think that you know what she won't die because she did to Arya, hey, we will meet again. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. As per Davos, I don't think Davos has has it in him as a person to kill her. Like, I think the fact that she revived Jon Snow is like enough for him to be like, because uh, if he really wanted to kill her, the moment that he saw that thing, he would like the thing in the snow, the little horse, or was what was it? Um, uh, it was an elk, I think it was. Uh, the moment he saw that, he would have he would have just killed her straight up. I feel like what Sir Dallas is gonna do is that he's probably gonna convince Jon Snow to like banish her. That might be one yeah. of things happen. Yeah, but I, I think probably he's agree with that too. Yeah, I don't think he's he. I, Sir Davos is is is. I've learned that he is a, a man of of politics. He would rather avoid a fight or kill somebody. I think he has that. He has his own set code of honor. And I don't think he would ever end up killing her. That's, it just seems out of character for me, I think. I think it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to see a lot of uh, fallout next episode about what's happened and the people we've allied ourselves with. Like it, It's going to be a time to take a breather, but there's going to be some tension. And I wanted to talk about Sansa because I don't, you know, you guys will, uh, 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 you guys will say your piece here about how you feel about Sansa. There's a lot of 50-50 um, with her in that. Why didn't she just tell John about, you know the veil and stuff and i think my thing right now unless we find out something different in the next episode my thing is she wrote that letter in desperation she wrote it and i feel like they didn't show us if she got a letter back so i'm gonna assume she never got a letter but she was telling john don't go in there um impulsively even though they have a plan they're still going with a really really small army that it that alone is already bad enough and she's just warning him don't do what ramsey wants you to do you only talked to him for like five minutes and he was already being a fucking asshole but we've been with him for like what since season three we know this guy we're with sansa we know and and john's here like well i faced the the zombies i'm like yeah okay but not ramsey you don't know what he's gonna do when he has something over you and uh i don't think sansa was trying to play the hero in the sense that she just she knew the veil was coming and she just didn't want to tell him because she wanted to be the hero and she wanted everyone to die like some people were saying that they think that she knew Littlefinger was coming but she didn't choose to tell him so that she could come in and be the hero and be right about everything my thing is I think Littlefinger no matter what was gonna come in late because Littlefinger has a fucking um plan a plan and it's yeah he has a plan and what the fuck did Sansa write in that letter? Did she promise him something? What is it? It's probably marriage, like we were talking about. Um, and people are like, well, 
they're still mad at her for not taking Littlefinger's uh, deal in the beginning of the season where he's like, you know, I have an army and stuff. I still think she made the right move because even if uh, she sent that letter and she didn't get anything back, how do we know that Littlefinger was going to come? What if she told John, yeah, Littlefinger is coming and he never showed up? Like, you know, it's just you don't we can't trust this guy. We cannot trust Littlefinger. So they both, I, they both had a point during that fight. Like she was right. They didn't have enough numbers. And yeah. a part of you is just kind of like, she should have said something about the veil, but we never saw as a viewer, like if she ever got a Raven, that's going to confirm that he, that he was coming. And technically like, we don't know, even if she did get the Raven that Baelish was telling the truth, like he's a liar. So she couldn't, tell them for sure like no we have more numbers coming you just have to wait a little bit longer but it, it, it i'm also like to to compare john is like i faced worse shit than ramsey i faced the white walkers but it's worse like is it really worse considering like what your sister has gone through like this the torture she's gone through with ramsey the, o- the only like, person both- that knows is brianne Brienne was the was there when she told Littlefinger all that shit. John doesn't know the gory details. Yep. He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. Plain and simple. John knows nothing about Ramsey. He knows nothing. He knows that. Except I the one. I also that feel one. that it, it speaks to how like Sansa doesn't really trust him at all. Aww. I about think it's the fact that he's like like she can't trust him enough to to think that he could get the job done yes they needed numbers and yes that means that they might fail because they don't have the numbers but she knew that baelish was coming so why would she say that other did than the she fact really that know though i mean maybe, yes maybe yes, she she i didn't because i did it i don't think she knew at all or i don't think uh i don't know because she the, told the little reason- finger she told little finger to fuck off yeah, like forever, and then, and then she sends a, a letter like, "Please come help me." I wouldn't put it past him not to help her if he didn't have something to secure like a win-win for him. I don't agree with well, that because of the way the because of the way this scene set, was set up, where she's fucking right there with Baelish. She's like sitting there in a fucking little horse with Baelish. She fucking knew, dude. Like, come on. I don't think so. If, if they had, like, see, I, I would agree know? with you. I would agree with you if they hadn't set up that scene that way. I would because, agree with you. Um, what if like, Littlefinger like got there and was like, we're here, bitch, and then they ride off together? Let's like, go to Denny's. No, that, I don't fucking think so. I think so. I don't think uh, I don't think she let all those people die just so she could come in at the right second. Like, that That doesn't seem like Sansa, in my hey, opinion. Hey, unless they tell me if, differently. But what if, you know, she thought that, you know what, maybe if I tell Jon Snow... Or John, that hey, I have a, have a. Maybe she felt that me that if he knew that he would have made a worse plan, he would feel overconfident. Yeah. Maybe she knew about that, and that's why they came at the very last second. Once she knew that, you know what, they lost a lot of men already. Let's bring them in while they're rested and take over this battle. Once, you know, you know, once Ramsey lost already John, a lot of John men. No overconfident. Yeah, no, I see, don't see, think what? that's happened the entire season. What? I think he's, he's, I think he's I gone through really a little depression. Yeah. Yeah. I think that he hit a point where he was, he was kind of cocky, and then everything that happened with like, uh, um, his girl Wiling after that, well, like, really like settled him after that. What the same and time? I, and I, I've said it before, like, I don't think 
Jon Snow has made a tactical like um he's not good at it. He's but not. remember, um, but but remember though, um, it's kind of like Sansa said. John doesn't know what um John doesn't know what pretty much, uh, Ramsey is who Ramsey is. Yeah. Uh, John thinks that he's good because he has faced you know like let's say the White Walkers and and I guess you could call them the zombies. But still though, they aren't you know humans. They just go and attack. So of course you could easily defend them off. But but when you're going someone against Ramsey who's who's really well. You know who can strategize, who can make plans. That's something different, and Sansa knows who he is. Ultimately, her advice class. didn't even matter, though. He ended up chasing Ramsey. Yeah, he ended and up I... going, like it, it just like what I'm trying to say is that, like in the grand scheme of things, none of what Sansa said to him fucking applied to the show. It, well, it was I... irrelevant. Okay, so, I know. Well, because he didn't follow it. The one thing he needed to follow was don't do what he wants you to do that one thing because they had a plan that maybe could have made the made the battle go in their favor maybe slightly if he just waited and all of them you know come running at them like they're supposed to even torment in the fight is say, says don't which no. we're all screaming you know and that's the one thing sansa said and he didn't follow it no, sansa said two things too she also said like T- like take notes like Rickon is probably not gonna fucking come back like we've probably already lost him he should have yeah, had that's... his heart to know like Ramsey plays with you yeah because she said it herself that you know that Rickon was pretty much the biggest threat to Ramsey because he was that's the rifle you know because he was the most rifle uh, person for you know for the north because Sansa's a girl and and pretty much John's a bastard so that's why Ram- Rickon was the greatest threat so she knew that they were going to kill him either way. I yeah, mean, that was like, fairly like, obvious that he was going to die, whether she said it or not. Yeah, yeah so, it was just it was just how. How was he going to die and when? And okay, uh, so, I th- and it's just, yeah. Go ahead, Priscilla. No, take I was us like, there. Since we're, since we're, since we're yeah, getting no, take us there. Like, all right, I'll take you guys there. So <laughs> opposing sides are facing one another. And Ramsey Bolton comes in and he leads Rickon Stark with like a piece of rope and he cuts him he cuts him loose and tells him to run to his brother. As Rickon does, Ramsey starts shooting at him with arrows. And me watching this show, like I'm just kinda like, zigzag motherfucker, dodge, do something, don't Rick you? Rickon Oh my god. Oh my god, I said the same thing. Lepto. But it's like this motherfucker's not zigzag, he's dead. So Jon Snow realizes he's not going to be able to make it in time. And he rides forward to try and reach him. But he fails just as that last arrow that Ramsay shoots goes straight through Rickon's heart. So Jon Snow abandons their plan and rides forward. And all of his troops do the same thing through a hail of arrows and they face the Boltons. And you get piles upon piles of dead bodies and... The Bolton army just like realizes, okay, they've killed enough people. Let's so they create a phalanx, and they use the pincer movement that they were talking about before and encircle Jon Snow's forces. And Jon Snow's like forces are trying to break the wall of shield and counter the umbers who are coming in from behind, but they still end up surrounded, and their own numbers are kind of crushing one another. And in a panic, Jon Snow is kind of almost smothered by all of them. But you see that he he breaks free and he gasps for air. And also in the fray, you see Tormund fighting Small John Umber. 
and he's almost defeated and I was like, God damn it, yes, like, Tormund might die and then Izzy will cry and then it'll finally be like a death that's like surprising for him. But he doesn't. Heroes never like, die. A, a horn sounds in the distance and Small John Umber like just kind of is distracted and Tormund bites the shit out of him and kills him. You know, um, that actually reminds me of Bernier whenever she was fighting uh, the Hound when she bit him as well. They're made for each other. Yeah, they're made for each other. Series. Heroes never die. So that horn that they that they heard that distracted them signals the arrival of the Knights of the Vale with Sansa and Peter Baelish kind of just like looking on. And they come in from behind. They break the wall of the Bolton troops. And the, like it seems like the battle is over and that they've, they've won. So Ramsay starts retreating to Winterfell and locks it down to prepare for a siege. But the giant Wun-Wun breaks the gate down, allowing the wildlings to take out any of the leftover Bolton soldiers within. And Ramsay shoots Wunwun in the face and just kills him. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to accept single combat against you, John. And he uses his skills in archery against him. But, and John lets go of his Valyrian sword, Longclaw, and only uses a wooden Mormont shield. And he manages to get close to him and then beats him, to, like almost fucking beats him to death. The only reason he stops is because he sees Sansa looking at him. And, and later, this is your kill. With that, I don't know whether he's he, he's thinking this is your kill or whether he's like I can't be a monster in front of my little sister. Like I, I could take I don't it. Know. But I later, that. Uh, Sansa meets with Ramsay, and he says, "You can't kill me. I'm part of you now." And to that, she replies, and this is like one of my favorite sentences. Your words will disappear. Your house will disappear. Your name will disappear. All memory of you will disappear. And then she lets Ramsay's dogs in the prison cell. And Ramsay's confident that they're never going to harm him. But since they've been starved for seven days, they eat him alive. As Sansa just watches and then walks away with a smile. That smile gave me life. That I was just kind of like, bow down that to the queen. Yes. Bucky, the queen and the Northmen. Fuck yeah. Well... Well, that also kind of, you know, kind of says that because remember when Ramsey said that I'm part of you, he did kind of twist her mind. So maybe that's why they showed that smile in the end to show that, you know what, I manipulated you and now you love this. You love torture because of that. Because she did leave with a smile knowing that he was getting killed. Nah, I don't believe that. I think I would have been smiling too if somebody who oh, fucked me up killed me. If not that, then hey, you know what? She might be pregnant by him because he did oh, because because I because I don't know if if I remember correctly how when they said that he raped her every single night. That could be that you know what maybe she you know maybe she's pregnant with her with her kid. Oh, God, I don't I think she's I don't think I don't think so I don't think she's pregnant I don't think she's crazy. This is like a reminder of when um. He announces uh, he's going to be engaged to Marjorie, and Sansa walks away giggling and smiling. It's more of a of a satisfaction, like a happiness. But now it's more subtle because she's a lot. She's gone through a lot more than season two, because I was back in like season two or season three. Now it's season six. She's been through a lot of shit, and the guy that put her through a lot of shit just fucking died, and she's just. She gets to breathe because if this didn't happen, Ramsay Snow would have been looking for her. If they didn't go to battle with him, uh, Ramsay Snow would be looking for her throughout the north. Like there was no safe place for Sansa. He was gonna be looking for her, and now she can. She's okay. She's free like, from him. 
I feel like Omar has a point a little bit about saying that, like, you know, like Ramsey said, like, you're part, like, I'm a part of you, like, in the sense that Sansa is not completely pure anymore. And she, like, she had that, that, you know, like, she was kind of, like, hungry for blood in that sense, you know? And the whole pregnancy test, like, like, the whole pregnancy, like, she might be pregnant for him. Like, how would fucking get Ramsey know? He's not a walking fucking pregnancy test. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck comes up with a fucking rumor like that? I've heard that rumor all over the internet. Like, oh, he's like, yeah. she might be pregnant. I'm like, no. Yes, because Ramsey her... has a pregnancy test on her. He fucking also, uh, also, if your body's been put through a lot of stress, it, you can kind of like, you know, if she was, it's probably gone now. But I'm pretty sure she hasn't because she's. They're not gonna put that plot in. No, so that's no what way. he meant. I'm a yeah, part of no. you. Saying that yeah. there's there's a dead baby like he is now fucking dead. No, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I oh, think uh, I think it was just the pleasure of killing. It's it's her way of dealing with the guy who fucking tortured her. Because I agree with if there you. was if there was any villain or if Ramsey was a bitch to anybody the most, it was Sansa and like barely like ten minutes to Jon Snow with Rick on and Rick and Jon's way of dealing with it was you know punching him in the face a million times and Sansa's way of doing it was like killing him. But not getting her hands dirty, which was actually quite brilliant. I love that because Aya well, gets—that's the difference between Aya and Sansa. Aya gets her hands dirty. Sansa doesn't really need to, and I'm didn't okay. Didn't Sansa with that. not kill him? She just watched him die. Yeah, well, maybe she like opened up the gates or I something like. I don't think so happen. because there was never a time when she went in there. The gates were already opened. But we didn't see that. That's why you could see the gates open in the scene. That's why I feel like. Like, I feel I like maybe, maybe they, was, they were already gates. open. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, because, because of course, in. like she said, you know, dogs haven't eaten in seven days. If he was held in there by now, dogs should have come out and eaten him. So I feel like there might have been two set of gates, and that's when she let them loose, and she came out. And uh, I told him that. She's an accomplice anyway, because she let scenes, it happen. The scenes just seem weird to me. Like, I... I was like, so are they going to open the gates or what's going on? And like, I knew he was going to be eaten by dogs. I called this last episode. I told you guys, Ramsey's going to die. Guys, I said, Ramsey's going to die this, epi- this episode and he'll die to his dogs. He'll be eaten by his dogs. I don't mind that he was eaten by his dogs, both because like it was beautiful poetically that it ended like the way it started with him being an asshole with dogs. And also... In the episode, he's like, I, I haven't fed my dogs in seven days. I wonder if they'll eat your eyes first or your balls. And they now we found out what the answer was. It was the eyes. So <laughs> I was just like, yay, good. I'm happy. Yeah. Now no. I know the answer to that question. But it looked like he took a bite out of his jaw. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it didn't, not, didn't look yeah. like the Well, his face, his ugly face first. His face. Um, what I, okay, what I do want to say, though, is I fucking hate how he died. Not, not, not how he died to the dogs, but like how he was defeated. I hate that. The fact that like John dropped this like it was so uncharacteristic of a Ramsey using a fucking bow to try to kill him when we all know that he's very highly skilled with daggers, and he is not the type to be overconfident. He plans and he's meticulous, and that bothered me. <clears throat> yes, he was in a position where he was already he had already lost, and he was probably gonna die either way. But this is what I said last episode. If he fucking loses or dies like a bitch, it's going to piss me off. And I I was talking to Evelyn about this, and I agree with her that it was uncharacteristic 
of him, no matter in what position he was. Because we, we know what to expect from Ramsey. And I feel like this is just like, you know, I feel like they were having these pauses in between punches where I felt like he was going to like slash him with a dagger or something. Because that's what we expect of Ramsey. And it was very, un- the that entire scene up to the moment that he died was uncharacteristic of him. And it bothered me the entire time. And I thought it, it was bad TV. See, I, I don't agree. I don't that, agree like, at all. I liked the fact that we, as as a group, kind of like realized that he wasn't gonna go out without fucking someone over, without hurting someone that yes, we didn't yes, like shit I agree. about. So, to to have that happen isn't as expected as the as, as what we like as what we saw in Marine, but it was like satisfying as a fan to see that that yes, he he he's following his character. He's hurting the people you love and like drawing you out that way. And it's also perfect as a character that he's using the bow and arrow considering like his main squeeze, his honey who he fed to the dogs was like an archer too. Like they both yeah, He's really actually good, a like, well-known archer. Yeah, he's a really good archer. So, um I completely disagree. I think Ramsey was totally in character of what of what he did in this in this episode. And it starts off when they have that first ten minute conversation, and he's just how many times did he call uh, John a bastard? And I love it because the people who bully are the ones who are most insecure because Ramsey in it is still always a bastard it doesn't matter if he has a little paper that says he's not he's a bastard so all he kept doing was saying bastard bastard trying to degrade john and john um, wasn't having any of that and he couldn't get to them except i think think he did kind of when he's like i can't wait to have her back in my bed and you know he's just being ramsey snow and in the battle i also love that thing that Ramsey is not an honorable guy. He's not going to go in the battlefield like John. And I love that contrast that, that John goes in there. Whether he kills Rickon or not in front of him, he was going to go and fight with his men. And Ramsey was going to watch everything unfold in the background. And I will say that part of me, I did want a 1v1, but that's so cliche. That's so classic. I love that Ramsey retreats. And even in his last moments, and people were like, why didn't he shoot John? When they, when they break into Winterfell, why didn't he just shoot John? He shoots 1-1 because even when he knows he's going to die, he still wants to he still wants to put misery on you. Instead of killing John, he kills 1-1 in front of him. You know, to he's be still fair, 1-1 and- was fucking dead. Yeah. Like, that, that arrow and, made no fucking But he fucking wanted to kill. He wanted to be like, I killed him still. It doesn't matter that he was going to die in like five I minutes. I killed I him. I don't think that that made any difference to John. I think it did. I think it I, did. I, John I was done. John was a. Did you not see him looking at one one like, thank you, you know, like I know you're gonna die, thank you, and then they didn't even get to have a moment because Ramsey's like, I'm a little bitch and I'm gonna kill him right in front of you. Like Ramsey is a is a sadistic asshole. He's gonna inflict pain as much as he can before he goes down, and I love that. That is in character of Ramsey Snow. To be a dick though, like when I saw one one, I'm like, okay, Game of Thrones only has enough money to be able to have like a couple of things cgi that giant is gonna fucking die because it's too fucking expensive to have him so like to see one one die like that was i saw a lot of people on the internet being like giants holding the door and like breaking down the door (laughs) too good for this world too pure like i'm just kind of like you know what bye i don't care like 
You, you know, we all also, we were all assuming that Rickon was going to die. That was always a thing. We knew he, it was going to happen, but um, most of us predicted that he was going to get flayed in front of John. I'm actually glad that he didn't flay him. He didn't go the route that we're like, oh, we knew he was going to flay him. No, instead, he fucking lets him run and shoots him. Because like we were saying, Ramsey's an archer. He's good at it. And at the he shoots three times. The first one, he's not even looking to aim. He's just like, okay. The second one, he kind of is looking, but he's not really caring. The third one, bam. Or the fourth one, I'm sorry. He's just like, bam. Like, he played with Jon Snow. He one-upped him. Oh, that was brilliant. It you was know? brilliant. I, I loved it. The way it. you said it reminds me that the first time we ever saw him, he was hunting down a girl that that like that, yeah, that he told to run. Yeah, exactly. And he knows. That's the thing. When I saw him get the, the, the bow and arrow, I was like, oh, fuck fuck he's not gonna miss and i mean it just it got me even though i predicted but you have to remember we talk about this we analyze but show watchers don't know this stuff they don't go into too much like we do so my sister and my mom when we were watching it fucking blown away and i was blown away by the fact of the way he chose to kill rick on right in front of john like that i like, love that, that like was, oh that they're was... about to touch hands nope you dead this is what i'm talking about like i feel like all, leading up to where he got punched was uncharacteristic of him. I feel like everything else that he did before that, even when he was dying, it was like it was him, and it just felt off to me. Like I didn't ex like. And uh, going back to what uh, Priscilla said about expectation, it's not about expectation. I feel for me, it's about like staying true to the character. But Ramsey is intelligent to an extent. He's not a mastermind. He is no little finger. He had it in the bag. No one knew the veil was coming. Even oh, Sansa. another thing. Another thing. I feel that the reason he lost his own battle is because he killed so many of his yes, men. Yes, that too. See, that's why Ramsey wasn't overpowered in this episode. He had the upper hand. He played his card, but he also did a lot of stupid shit, like John as well. John too. He fucked up everyone fucked up in this episode and that stays true to game of thrones that you know you're you're gonna get fucked if you yeah, do i can't i can't yeah i can't disagree with you on that i i completely agree with you on that but uh you know on the whole aho like he got punched to death i'm fine with smiling. that he was smiling yeah, yeah, too yeah that was great yeah, see that's what i'm smiling. saying like i i i don't know i just feel like Again, I'll go back to the whole fact with one one. I I one I don't give a shit about one one. He like I never gave a shit about him, you know. And like he was already full of arrows. He's gonna die. Like that arrow meant nothing. It in grand scheme of things, it meant nothing. But I did hate that he was like, I'm just gonna use a bow and I'm gonna let you walk up to me and hit me with a shield. Well, yeah, That's but it was fucking also, stupid. It's because the bow the bow and arrow it travels a lot faster than we think, and it's probably the best and that's this is this scene is why ramsey did not want a 1v1 john even with a sword or whatever he's better with a bow and arrow but john is also he's actually very good he's a good fighter and he had a shield there and he used whatever was around him and he got it and i think you know ramsey was just being an asshole like i like i know you say you don't care about one one that was more for the people the the general audience a lot of people like one one um but like i said really i kill, i killed rick yes they do He's what? just as loved as Hodor. I love One One as well. I love him. That's he just weird. he doesn't he doesn't even say anything, but I love him because he's a badass. He's a giant. He's he's ripping people apart, you know. But he's with the good guys. Like that's 
amazing. That's awesome. And that's why I think Ramsey killing 1-1, it's like another reason to piss off Jon Snow. It's like, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to keep making you angry. I'm going to keep killing people dear because I'm going to die anyway. But I might as well inflict misery. That is the, the definition of a sadist. And that is who Ramsey Snow is to his core. Rene, and his, you, know, his... you know what would have added to those punches, though? If he's, what? like, getting punched and the entire time, uh, Ramsey's just saying, bastard. I know. Oh. <laughs> After every nice. Say bastard, say bastard, please, please, do for me. I and know, that would have been nice. And, you know, it, it's just also a thing to say that we've never, nobody's ever praised Ramsey. His father also was always like, you know, if you act like a mad dog, they're going to call you a mad dog. If you act like an idiot, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to fuck up. So when Ramsey, you know, is Lord Bolton, he does fuck up a lot. He's not that smart, um, but he knows how to play games. And if you don't know how to play games back, you're going to lose. And that's where Ramsey was better than John. And that's why Ramsey chose to go to battle. And uh, it's just it's really it's really awesome. But I think uh, the payoff was was really great. And like I said, when Joffrey died, and we know some people didn't expect it and some did, he was at his worst. He was being the biggest asshole and you wanted, you wanted him gone. Like, you already wanted him gone, but he put on that stupid play. You saw Sansa sad. Varys was giving the stank eye. He made, you know, Tyrion, go get my cup. Go do this. Go, you know, like, and then he just dies. Ramsey's like, I'm going to kill Rickon. I'm going to kill 1-1. One -one. You know, I'm going to say I want your sister in my bed. You know, like, he's just being ramsey and then he just finally dies and the one person he, or the run the one thing he thinks won't betray him betrays him his own hounds and um, i that it's poetic justice honestly i, I want to say that like um watching john fight like i when the all the all the horses were coming towards him and then you know that big clash and just see him and fight like throughout the entire thing i'm just like Fucking Jon Snow, dude. He is he's too good at fighting. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he is like, fucking too good. Too as good. In, like this is awesome, or too good as in like you need to get like nerfed a little bit. Like I don't I think mean, he was too good. I feel like he was really, really lucky throughout the whole thing. Cause honestly, if it was me on that fight scene, I would have ended up like one one just full of arrows. He missed every arrow. He missed it, it, everything. It's, it's he missed everything. He's just but, see what I call that is. That's that's the show chipping at his at his plot armor, and this is what I was talking to about Evelyn. I feel like all of that that he went like being that all that was fan service, like him not dying, yeah. kicking ass left and right. You're right, but that yeah because that, he should have at least gotten stabbed or that means you know. he did get fucked up though. He was bleeding from his left side, like he was fucked up still, and he almost got trampled to death. And if you don't yeah. think he didn't break any ribs in that, I mean. You yeah, know, there's that, yeah. yeah, that's some serious damage right there. So what I'm trying to say is though, I feel like John again can die. I feel like that entire battle took off any armor that he had. Yeah, you know, versus plot. And I think now we have set up back to where John's back to normal. He's not OP. He doesn't fucking have a Mario star on him. You know, he's not like around the cross. He's done. It's over. He could die again. And I'm really happy about that. And I think we got a really good scene where he's just like hacking and slashing people left and right. And he, we see his technical skill with his sword. He is so good at fighting. And, and that's why that's... Ramsey didn't want to fucking fight him. And Ramsey probably looking like, damn, I'm glad I didn't fucking get in there. 
I, 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 I'm inclined to agree with you because of that. If it, yeah. if, if the bow and arrow thing happened because Ramsey knew he was gonna lose in the one we won, then I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would have been nice to see though. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie that the other options we have for the way Ramsey could have go down or could have gone down would have been better or worse. Like. I would have loved if they filmed all the options of the way he could have gone down. But I, but I think I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you too, where it comes to like the flow of the show, where like it, it think about it, like if he goes into the into Winterfell, and everybody stops to see them to fight, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Although they were respecting it though, because all, yeah, all, all of all of Snow's people were in there, and the guy with that bow and arrow too, they put a shot at him where he just he's he's there ready to shoot, but he doesn't. It's like they know that that's their fight, so go and fucking do it. And I love it, you know. Even Torment too, everyone's yeah. is in battle. You're hyped, the adrenaline, but they still respect that. Okay, one v one. What, what uh, I mean by it doesn't make sense is like. Okay, it, that that entire scene was really fast. He's just like walking with a shield. It ends like it's like maybe what thirty seconds where he goes from getting the shield to killing yeah. him, like punching him. Like what I'm saying, it wouldn't make sense flow wise if it like was a couple minutes hit them sword fighting like for minutes. It yeah. does. I don't feel it makes sense. And that would have also proved that Jon Snow is OP because Jon Snow has had everything happen to him in that battle sequence and Ramsay didn't have anything. So Ramsay would have had like an upper hand, but Jon would have won. So that would have been like, oh, really? Jon Snow just got trampled, but he wins the 1v1? Really? You know, yeah, like, it, I, it, it, I think people would have been more upset about that. And I think I would have too. But I know that the adrenaline rush is actually a thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if somehow John was just... Because th that was a John we saw that was angry. We've seen John like in battle and ready. But we've never seen him angry. And you see him when he gets out of the crowd. And he looks at Ramsey and Ramsey's retreating. That is a that is an expression of Jon Snow I have never seen. But yeah, I liked dude, it. It I looks like and everything. It, yeah. That expression is like literally like... When your mom looks at you when you fucked up and she's like, I'm gonna hit you. And you, you didn't know you when I was gone? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I love how he like crawled out of like everybody and he is like looking at him and then he just bolted towards him. Yeah, and I love that Tormund and One One are the two that go with him. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so gay <laughs> and it's so like that would happen in a fantasy thing, but I loved it. It's like you needed One One to open the doors and Tormund's just his right hand man. Like, I love it. It's you know, a, it's, so, remember, it's just um, their bond aside from Davos and John. Davos has his back, but Tormund is literally there, and I love that. I I absolutely love that. I'm just gonna say, like, since it's like been mentioned pleading, like pleadingly, the battle itself, how it was made. I remember watching it and geeking out, being like, this feels like Band of Brothers. This feels like watching a Civil War movie. Like bodies upon bodies like this looks like a real like medieval tussle this looks like saving private cool. ryan yeah yeah it, it, they, they it did take six weeks to make that battle yeah so that's to be good i i i'm gonna i will say something about the battle though like the beginning how they're all running like if it, it, i i was me and Brittany were talking about this like the avengers the event the classic avengers scene where like they're all together like fighting etc but then once it got into like 
how everything else was handled handled within the battle itself i felt like it was kind of like in parts there was kind of like a giant clusterfuck i didn't know what's going on well but, I, I i liked but, it yes no but, but what i'm trying to say but yes exactly that's what i was gonna say but that is significant of war that you don't know what the fuck's going on it's like, chaos yeah yeah exactly so but like i just felt like maybe if you would have backed up your camera a little bit you could still see that chaos and it won't be as um i guess like <laughs> it won't it wouldn't have smothered me as much i fucking love that i remember seeing that and just being like I can't tell who's who. I can't like. I, I feel I like see John kills with his own men. Yeah, I feel like, like that was the thing. I loved also the fact that like when you see Jon Snow being like pulled like down under like all of these bodies and just like see him gasping for air. Like I felt fucking claustrophobic. Like I was just kind of like need to move my pillows and blankets. Need to breathe. I can't like. I can't do this. Like, I felt the way he did. Like, they, they did this war, like, not war, this battle so well. Like, as a viewer, you, you literally, like, you felt like you were in the fray. This was yeah, very uh, well shot. Another thing that you missed out, Priscilla, was the fact that, like, this is, like, just an honorable mention. Like, Lady Mormont was on a horse with the entire, like, yeah, army. Giving the stank face. Yes, I dude, that. I fucking loved her. I she literally paused it. She wasn't having any of Ramsey's fucking shit. I love like, it. I was like, yeah, 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 get the shit on the road, man. 62 yeah. men. I bet, I bet the 62 men are probably still alive, but I do want to say there that. They were the last men. They were the yeah. only men alive. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was a shield. She, he was using a Mormon shield when, exactly. uh, when he was fighting. And I love that. Men. Yeah, I love that. I do want to say that. Um, I watch a lot of, um, like, war movies, fantasy stuff, so, I mean, of course the one you're gonna compare it to is probably Lord of the Rings, I mean, that's the only other, uh, mainstream fantasy movie series that, uh, that you can compare it to, however, I think Game of Thrones is a lot darker, and it's, um, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's better, but I love both, it doesn't matter, you no, can't make No, but you, you pretty. just hit the nail on the head with something, movie which has a different budget. This exactly. is a TV series, and they and they yeah. pulled off like a battle scene like this. Like yeah, and I, and I love that. My favorite part, honestly, guys, is when they're charging at each other. And my my question for all the for for all the battles I've seen is like, you know, show me how chaotic it is. What happens when they do meet? Do the horses just stop That's and they start fighting? Yeah, they start fighting with the swords. They're on horse. No, they run into each other and it's fucking amazing. They mesh. Horses are flying. People are flying. Like, it is gory and I'm like, this is re probably as realistic as we're ever gonna you, get. You, this you is should, amazing. Uh, Brittany, you should watch The Storming of Normandy and Private Ryan. Um, and then you'll see what I mean about that feel that that scene had because it was i feel like it was kind of like on that level ish where yeah. like it was just like everything's going to fuck and then you see like you're fucking looking around and there's people with guts coming out and like people screaming like that's say like seven prior ryan and it's it's fucking horrible and that's it's, why i think it, yeah. it it lets us um sympathize more with Jon snow because when he comes back he's kind of like i'm tired I'm tired. And he was telling Sansa, like, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired. And I don't think we really, you know, got that. You know, even though he fought at Hard Home and he's fought for the Watchers on the Wall, you know, he's done all this. But this one was, there was just something so different about it that the camera literally followed him. 
it followed him everywhere so you know if you got lost i understand though because you're There's trying to because no because you're trying to see what's happening around you as well as what's happening with john and what is john seeing like there's even a thing that i missed until i saw i saw the episode again which is when torment gets him up like hey you know you know hang, hang in there there's a fucking horse with a headless guy yeah. and then what and then one one yeah. smacks him and i was yeah. like wow like whole like this is amazing it's tragic but it's amazing i mean you see these bodies piling up and, and you're just realizing Oh my god. You like, know, throughout that's... the entire fight, I was like, Jon Snow's not gonna die. So, the entire fight, I, every time like the camera was following him, I was looking for Tormund. I was like, please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. <laughs> I, and, told you. I was scared for Tormund. I was, I was scared I for was. Tormund. More than Jon. Uh, but when Jon started getting crushed, I was like, this is why I like Game of Thrones. Because they let Jon fight when all the arrows are missing him. Which, I don't think is, is plot armor. I think it's chance. I do think that sometimes you'll be lucky, but then his luck runs out when he trips or someone, I don't know if he trips or someone pushes him and he gets, he gets buried under his own men. It's not even the, the enemy, it's his own men. And it's just, oh my God. And I, I was like, oh my God, I can't breathe. Like, but I can't breathe. And it was just, it was so, so well I'm done. Just, I'm just going to mention that like Tormund fights Small John and Small John Number is the one who's just kind of like, I fucking hate these wildling fuckers. I don't want them to come like to Winterfell. We're the ones that have to deal with them first. I don't want them. So it was poetic to have like Tormund, who kind of represents like wildlings, like is kind of their leader for now. Like go up against this guy who who hates wildlings and beats him. I, like, was, hoping that that was, I was hoping that they were gonna one v one. So when they saw each other, like, oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know, I have to give credit to uh, Small John because. I think, because if you think about it, guys, this this shows uh, how much John is like. Just he's so done. Is not he doesn't even give a pep talk. No one gives a pep talk to the forces that are smaller than their enemies. But small small John does. He's like, who owns the north? You know, like it's it's hyping me up, and I'm like, holy shit, why am I excited for the enemy? But I liked it. It was so cool, and he looked badass. I'm not gonna lie, he looked awesome. And like ready to rumble, and then he fucking died in an epic way. Like it was awesome. Yeah, like he got Mike Tyson. He did. It, that was that was just amazing. I was like, I I we didn't. I think some of us said, you know, either Davos is going to die or Tormund is, and uh, the episode fucking that's the twist that both of them didn't die, and I I liked it, and I liked that Sir Davos too was waiting with the arches in the back, and when he, and when he saw that um. When he saw that uh, John just was gonna run in there and they were losing, Sir Dawes was like, "Well, we might, we might as well be shitting over there, or whatever the fuck he says." And they just go, and I'm like, "Well, there you go." I, I love it. Evelyn, last episode, dared to say that my boy Tormund was gonna die. I didn't. I, I was scared for him, but I'm, I didn't, I'm, I'm was... never burying that hatchet with her. It's. it's <laughs> Hey, she, she is the enemy. But you know what? I didn't think he was going to die, even though I saw that was that Brienne wasn't there. Like I was really just that was one thing that I was a little sad about that she didn't make it back on time to fight and see him fight. Um but I did like that parallel of him biting and how Omar mentioned earlier that she bites the hound too. I'm like, there's no one more perfect for each other than Tormund and Brienne right now. Like I am definitely on that ship. I'm not gonna lie. I am there. You also fucks bears, boys. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, you can talk about this episode all day, but just when it comes down to it, I think uh, 
I think they got everything right, and they submitted this episode for the Emmy. So I, if they don't take it, I don't know. I don't know what the hell's wrong with people because this was amazing. This felt like a movie. That that battle sequence felt like a movie, in my opinion. It was very, very well done. Like another thing, um, you know, when you mentioned about Jon Snow, that you never seen that that side of them. I forgot his name, but that other guy who got also brought back to life. Every single time he said that. Because when he said, every single time I get brought back to life, I don't feel whole again. So that could have probably been something for Jon Snow. When he got brought, yeah. brought back to life, he felt more like he wasn't whole. So, of course, he didn't feel that. Like, he just wanted to kill him. He yeah. wanted to kill Ramsay. But I feel that, you know what? He saw Sansa. And he realized that, you know what? She was tortured a lot by this guy. So I'm going to leave her to take care of him. Yeah, that's, how, that's the sense I think I got, too. Because I think... They haven't really shown John back from the dead. Like, they haven't really given him much except, like, maybe an episode or two. But I think the effect that it, that is given to him is when he's immediately resurrected and he's talking to, uh, to Sir Davos and he's like, I, what, I fought for what I believed in and my own men killed me. Like, how Melisandre lost her, her faith. John lost, like, faith in his, like, motivation for life. He's always been loyal to the people he cares about. He fight. He does what's right. It's what, it's what's left of Ned in him, and he loses that when he's brought back. And it, it's and that's why that's why I said that. Did you guys notice there was no pep talk from him this episode? Like we gotta do it for the North or for Winterfell or nothing. And I think that contributes to him about it. He didn't want to go fight until Rickon or until he got that letter. You know, until he had a reason to, but it's not in him anymore. And I think that's the change from of Jon Snow. Whereas I see it kind of differently. Like, I saw that, like, Jon Snow has always been controlled, honorable, kind of like, like a mirror to his father, uh, what, his father figure to some people, but like Ned Stark. And with that last scene, like him just going brutally at Ramsay Bolton, that's not something old John would have done. It's just, he's changed. It's tar- he's gotten tar- jaded. It's the Targaryen in it. <laughs> oh my no, god. We were talking about this. Fun. We were talking about this, remember? A couple Nobody's of Nobody's like, ever episodes. pushed him that far either, to be honest. Yeah, but we were talking about this a couple episodes ago when he got revived. That we were talking about how, like, you know, this is going to change John. You know, people betrayed him. We were so- talking about how you specifically said, I think it was you, Brittany, who said, that he was probably going to be more dark after this. And I think we're seeing signs of that now. Well, wasn't didn't I say like also the first test was good, was he going to execute the people who killed him? And when he did that, that's when I knew we don't have the same yeah. job. No. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's right. it's it's subtle, but it's there and we're seeing it right now. I saw it as soon as he um he he you know, he cut the rope and he killed Ollie. I think if he would have killed everyone but saved Ollie, I would have been like, damn, we still have the same Jon Snow. He fucking killed him. Bitch ass Jon Snow. Yeah, fuck Ollie. And I and honestly, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that we're getting a darker Jon Snow, but I do want him to have a little bit more um reason to live. And I think his reason to live was to help Sansa to take back Winterfell. And I wanna see what this does to him in the next episode. I wanna see if He's, is, does he want to go into retirement, or is he going to be like, you know what, we won this battle, but the war's not over, and the war's with the White Walkers? You can't retire in Game of Thrones. Retiring. <laughs> 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 
He's gonna retire, yeah. go to the south, so. enjoy the summer. Yeah, uh, Jon Snow is officially Batman now. Jon Snow is gonna be Jon Summers. <laughs> yeah, he's officially Batman. I mean, Ramsey was a Joker. Rickon was, you know, the 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 Jesse Robin Todd that get Todd? yeah Jesse Todd. Ah, uh, yeah. Only I, I, I agree. I definitely agree with all that. Hell yeah. Uh, and and honestly, I know we didn't really talk about Rickon and his death and what it meant. I I do want to say um, because we haven't been with him for like maybe two seasons or a season, it didn't feel. Like, sad for him, but you felt sad for John. And I think because we liked the Starks so much and because I they separated, I, I felt sad in how it happened because Ramsey, that's the brilliance of Ramsey. He let them almost be reunited and then fucking kills him. Like, classic Game of Thrones, classic Ramsey, like, brilliant. And I'm, I'm really sad because. Rickon was he was very cute when we had him and he was with Bran like I thought about that scene with Bran where he has to where he has to leave with Osha and you know Rickon's like but I'm your brother you know I'm supposed to take care of you like that scene came back to me and I was like I feel really shitty but the I... but I don't but not to sob but I did feel really shitty but they didn't give you time to mourn him at all I feel two ways about it one is that I remember like the first like the time that John left Winterfell to go be part of the Night's Watch, the last thing that Rickon did with him was give him like his his uh fletchling of arrows. Yeah. Which I'm just kinda like, fuck, you died that way, that sucks. Uh but on the other hand Oh, that's cool. I didn't think of that. Rickon has done jack shit. Like yeah. he doesn't fucking have the green sight. He doesn't have awesome assassin skills like Arya. He didn't get whored out and become like a queen in King's Landing and stuff like like he he didn't do shit. All he's like, been is doing they, they, is hanging out with the stupid shaggy dog. So like you know what? You're a useless character to me and you didn't zigzag, so bye. Yeah, but I mean I can't I can't be that black and white with him. I, I it's also um, in the books, because the books we don't have very much of him, so the writers had to come up with something or nothing, and they chose to do nothing. And the reason why Rickon was not I on choose. our screen, the reason why Rickon wasn't on our screen, is because um, they had nothing to give him. And it would have been the same thing with Sansa if John didn't agree to help her take back the North, because that's what Rickon is in hiding. He is in hiding from Ramsay. Sansa would have been in hiding from Ramsay. We would have gotten the same thing. So they sacrificed Rickon's character because the actor grew. Like, holy shit. I feel like Rickon could have been like a wild, like, Stark. Like, that's who he's always been. But we just, we didn't get that. We didn't have time. They didn't want to put him in there. And he became a plot device. But that doesn't erase, like, season one him, season two him. It's just, it's been so long. We watch this week to week. So we don't. Remember, I, I feel like how Priscilla feels now about Rickon, where he's like he was pointless throughout the entire seasons. But I felt that since season one. <laughs> yeah, I I, no, I, 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 I totally agree, guys. I'm not trying to you know, change your mind, but that's just like how I felt I because I don't, I, I, I didn't forget him uh, or the season. Shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, I just didn't. I just remembered like those the really small scenes because otherwise he was just eating nuts. Like, I remember that when they're traveling and eating nuts, like, he, he, yeah, like, even at this point, Tommen's done more than him. But when we get 
when we got Rick on back in the season and he's older, I was like, wow, you know, he, what are they going to do with him? What are Sansa, yeah, what are, what are him and Sansa going to do together? Like, are they? And then he just dies, but it's a good device for John, I guess. And, uh, I do care more about the other Starks than Rickon. I mean, we yeah. can all admit that. But it was tragic to see somebody you love die in front of you when they were Rick just within reach. Brita, your description is so good. Like, Rickon's done more. Like, yeah, he's pet cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tommen. Yeah. yeah, Tommen is pet cats. And, and everyone hates Tommen, so maybe in a way we're kind of okay with Rickon dying so we wouldn't live yeah. to see him be hated. Um, I, I so that's, you know, Rip Tom, uh, Rip Tommen. Rip Rickon. You know, I mean... Uh, you were adorable when you were a little kid. Um, some pepperonis with your nuts. But you know, I feel like his just just a little thing. I don't know if you guys remember, but in season one, when Bran is in the crypts and he's talking about how he dreamt that his dad died, or not yet. I think in like the second to the episode that uh, Ned does die, Rickon goes in there and he says, "I saw I saw our dad here. I saw father walking here." So I feel like they kind of abandoned whatever you know spiritual stuff that rickon had too so i'm kind of a little sad that we didn't explore that but i guess give it to bran you thought, you, you thought rickon yeah i i didn't even remember that, that yeah he, he says some that juju. yeah he says that you know i saw and that's before bran has the dream rickon's like i saw father walking here he's dead mother's not coming back either she's dead too and he's not just saying it just to say it, it's because he saw it or he says he dreamt it or whatever maybe so, he uh, saw it because he is going to the crypt before anyone else is he's or maybe he's fucking bran is fucking with his brain in the past <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just something i remember that was small and i was like oh okay they didn't go that way but with you know regardless the way they played it out very well done and uh damn Okay, so we're getting to that point, so let's just uh, jump into it. So, for every chapter in our journey through Essos and Westeros, we owe the Iron Bank of Bravos a debt, and we always pay our debts. To do so, we give favor towards each show in coin, be it one golden dragon or ten. So how many was this episode worth to you? And I'm going to go with Brittany first. Oh yeah, I think you guys know where I'm going with this. I give it a golden dragon. Hey. I, I, <laughs> I think uh, I think this was the best episode. I mean, I think it would have been better if I couldn't, if I wasn't so good at predicting shit, or I didn't, I wasn't on this show with you guys to talk about it. I think if I just took it face value, I would have given it like a million gold dragons. But definitely one of the best episodes of Game of Thrones. Definitely the best of this season because this season's been on a roll, except for the past like three episodes. But um. Just a golden dragon, man. Everything I could want in an episode is there. I care the the two houses I care about the most, uh, Targaryen and Stark, were the main focus. Big battle sequence, and uh, it's just twists and turns. Ramsay fucking dies. Like all golden dragon, hands down. Okay. So Izzy, what do you give it? I. I mean, I, I like speaking to you guys about like my grievances with the last scene, you know, the whole arrow thing. I feel like I would give it like an eight out of 10, mainly because I still feel like it was underserved. I feel like him picking up a born arrow was the wrong thing. But what I was saying to Brittany, though, about how I agree, like with the flow of how everything was happening. I feel like that that's the best way possible that they could have given us that scene. 
other than that i thought it was um some of the scenes during the fight were kind of sketchy and like a little bit like you know clusterfucky in a sense uh but other than that the, the entire show from beginning the beginning of that th that episode to the end where we see sansa smile um i think it was amazing i i think i never had so much fun with an episode of game of thrones till in this season yeah probably this season and then then the red wedding um yeah i agree i don't i haven't had as much fun with it i was like even in the scene with the battles i felt like like i was like um i guess i immersed myself a little bit too much where i felt like like it was just like i don't know what the fuck was going on i felt confused i felt like claustrophobic you know um and i was this is the first episode since red wedding again um where i was kind of like at the edge of my seat was like what's what the fuck's gonna happen and then when john was gonna be trampled i like i was hoping he wouldn't die but part of me was like die you know what i mean <laughs> so like it played with my expectations and that's what i want from game of thrones i wanted to play with me to give me grief oh. priscilla priscilla's right where i'm like like i'm kind of like a masochist you know with it like i want my people that i love to die because they're because i just i don't know i'm weird i guess you know but uh yeah eight, i give it eight out of ten um that's i think that's fair i think that's the highest that i've ever given yeah, it's the highest you've given an episode yeah. so that's that that's that's pretty important uh so, yeah. omar what do you give this episode I will give it a 10 out of 10. It was a well-made episode. In my opinion, the fight scene was amazing. You know, um, what I would have loved to see more, a little bit more, was, of course, Jon Snow and Ramsay fighting a little bit because it was the Battle of the Bastards. I would have loved to see that. But other than that, I'll still give it a 10 out of 10. Um, you got to see, pretty much like you guys were mentioning, you did get to see a whole new side of Jon and a little bit of Sansa when she was smiling at the end. Also, one thing that I did notice on this episode was, you know, you know, whenever, um, you know, whenever Ramsey was using, of course, Bastard a lot, it didn't face John. I remember also earlier, like first season, when when pretty much Tyrion told John, you know what, a bastard affects you. Use it as an armor. Wear it as an armor. You know, use it again. Use it. And pretty much on this on this episode, you did get to see that. You did get to see that bastard wasn't affecting him at all so it was just a well-made episode so i give it a 10 out of 10. oh i hate you all because like everyone else is giving it a 10 except for izzy who gave it an eight and at the very beginning of this episode i said it was one of the best episodes that i've seen like but when comparing it to the red wedding like it's not as good and i would give that one a 10 out of 10 so this the one, red wedding was a 10 out of 10. this one i I think it's when Izzy said that the part in Marine was expected, that docked a point for me. So I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. It's not perfect, but it's a damn good episode. And I think it's the highest that I've rated an episode yet. So 9 out of 10. That's so uh, weird that you guys compare it to, to the Red Wedding because the Red Wedding to me is pure, pure shock value. And also as well as the what what our characters are paying for their mistakes. And here it was a drawn out battle of good versus evil. Like I don't think you can compare that, in the my opinion. I, Although I give I give both those episodes a golden uh the, a golden dragon. The reason I do that is because see, I had already read the books. 
you know, by that point. Priscilla still hadn't watched Game of Thrones by that point. And um, uh, I, when I see that personified on TV, it was kind of like what I imagined it when I was picturing it when I was reading the book. So for me, it was like, I mean, it was like that hype moment of like, holy crap. You know, this feels like what it should look like. So everything after that, even the blue wedding, I was just like, eh, you know. So that's why I gave it a 10 out of 10, like back when I saw that episode. And again, like I agree with Priscilla, like Marine was expected. That's why I docked a point. And the other reason I docked another point was because I don't like how the bow thing went across, you know, in the clusterfucky that was a battle. So that explains my two points that weren't there. I mean, well, I guess I, I totally get what you guys say. I just mean that that episode, Brains of Castamere, is amazing. But it literally, the best part of the episode is like the last 10 minutes. I agree. So I can't I can't say that 10 minutes over like we what the what was uh, all of Winterfell was probably like, what, 40 minutes? Maybe 30 minutes of like good stuff compared to 10 minutes doesn't win for me. Even though it was good. But I still give both the episodes a golden dragon because they were good they're both good i just can't pe- i can't do that you know but i i see what you're saying never i i got you you book reader i got you <laughs> <laughs> okay so now it comes to the part where in the episode leading us through the seven kingdoms we know that you win the game of thrones or you die and all of us have to choose our most valued player in this game Okay, I'm going to give our guest the, the, the right away first. Omar, who is your MVP? MVP, I got to give it to Layana. I love that face she gave, you know, for a 10-year-old being in the middle of battle, being in the front lines. She kept her cool. That face, that knee-mugging face that she gave, it was just the best. I, I love how, you know, she was a great actor, and I just love how she is. Uh, of course, because you're House Mormont, it makes sense that you would choose Liana of House Mormont. So, Brittany, who's your MVP? I'm choosing Ramsey. What? Yeah, I, I got Ramsey, and this and this is why. It's because I feel like Ramsey. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna hate anyone more than Joffrey Baratheon. Joffrey Baratheon was nothing compared to Ramsey. He's what he's what he could have been. And that I, that's why, yeah, Joffrey was a little, the only reason that he was scary was because nobody could control him. But when they did, he was a little bitch. Like Tywin, when Tywin got there, I was no longer scared of Joffrey because he always kept going, you know, go to bed. Or someone who has to say king, that they are the king is no king, you know. They kept shutting him down, so I didn't care, but I was still happy when he died. But Ramsey, I mean, his dad tried to keep him in check, and then what happened? He killed him. And the thing about Ramsey is that he, he's pure evil and he never apologized for what he did. Even in his last moments, he wasn't like, I'm sorry, Sansa. I'm sorry what I did. No, he killed one one, killed Rickon, and he's still, you know, telling Sansa, um, you know, I'm a part of you. You know, he's still trying to get into your head, to get under your skin, to cause as much misery as possible before he goes. And that's why... I am choosing him as my MVP. I am going to miss hating that bastard. I, I got to agree. I, I enjoyed Ramsey. You know, any, any person who can make their character really hated by the audience, you, you know he's doing something right. You know he's, he's doing, you know, something right to make people hate him. So 
I gotta say he was a hell of an actor and he will yeah. be Yeah, I, yeah, he will be missed. I agree with you, Omar. I agree with Brittany too. Um, you know, my my whole philosophy on the thing, you know, like my Priscilla, you know my philosophy on villains. As long as they don't die like a little bitch, like crying like Joffrey, that, like Joffrey <laughs> they're fucking aces on my fucking book. You know, there's only two other villains that I like as much as uh as much as I do um Ramsay. And one of them is the Joker, and the other one is Kefka from Final Fantasy VI, yeah. who fucking <laughs> dies the same way. He fucking <laughs> dies laughing. What a fucking douchebag! That it's it's a, it's amazing, and I think uh, it, it's a testament to uh, how true they are to their character. That it's not a facade. That they're not a coward on the inside, but that um. That's who they are, and I will say that we do get a glimpse of weakness in him. In uh, in when in in Sansa's words, Sansa didn't just say whatever came to her head. She fucking knew what would hurt him, and the thing that's always been he's been insecure about was being a bastard. Exactly. And uh, when she tells him, you know, you will be your words will be erased, your name, like you know, you went from bastard to Bolton, but you Let know what? You it doesn't matter. Now. You're erased. Do you do you feel like Ramsey, even though he lost, he still won? Do you yes. still feel do you feel that yeah. about him? Yeah, See, because I do. And this this goes back to like my my philosophy of like the villains. Like the Joker dies, but he still wins. He breaks Batman. You know, yeah. like uh, Kefka dies laughing, but he destroyed the world. You know what I mean? Like it's it's I fucking love those villains that like even though you win, you still lose. And that's yeah. what I felt with Ramsey. Yeah, and even you know, I mean, say what you will about Joffrey, because I don't. I think Ramsay's erased Joffrey, but I do think Joffrey still is still a part of of Sansa because she was a uh, held captive, and all he did every day was you know, you know, go look at your dad's head on a spike. You know, Joffrey was an asshole too, and uh, you know, he killed Ned, he killed her father, Ramsay killed you know her her brother, and it's just I like these villains in Game of Thrones. I like and what it's and Tywin too. Tywin killed her entire family. Lord Bolton, you know, killed Rob. Like it's just, it's gonna stay with us, and it will be in the history books of uh, of Westeros. So they do live on, and I will never forget you. Ramsay. Sansa has gotten the most shit out out of everyone in this show. Yeah, she suffered through through Ramsay, and she suffered, um, of course, um, you know, she just suffered throughout the whole thing. It's great to see her, you know, do something about it, and be free. She's free. Yeah. She's not. She's not in King's Landing. She's not with uh, her crazy aunt, and she's no longer Lady Bolton. Like, is it's awesome though, because she still is on the hook with Peter Baelish. So yeah, well, I think from people that can physically and mentally torture her, she's free of that, and that's why she smiles a here's, little bit. But she does, that she does have to deal with that. Uh, Peter Baelish. fucking betrays them and kills John. And Sansa next episode. Oh, oh my god, bye also. No, no way. No, I mean, Feels Peter. Good. You know um, what? I still haven't asked you who's your MVP. Why do you fucking ask? Who do you think I'm gonna say? Tormund. Uh, 1 1. Tormund. Tormund. My boy Tormund, because he didn't die, first of all. Second, because Tormund and Brienne love could still potentially happen. Uh, him biting that guy, Mike Tysoning the guy, like just further proves the fact that they're meant to be together. They both dealt with bears in their lives. They they both dealt with assholes, you know, in their lives. It's it's it has to happen. Innocent love, boys. Innocent love. Tormund, 
he stayed alive for the cause. And stay insane by John's side, like when John was kind of losing it in the battle, Tormund, you know, helps him up and is like, hey, you know, yeah. like, get get in the game, uh, you know, and, yeah. he, and he believes I, in him. I always say Tormund. I have said Tormund since Tormund has been Tormund. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, honorable mention, I mean, apart from jokes aside, Tormund did really good in the fight. He was always with John, like, in the sense of, like, I feel like he was even watching out for him. And yeah. it just speaks to his loyalty and the fact that he's fucking, he's always ready to go down in a fight. Like, he fucking doesn't back out. He said he said it already. He's like, you know, I'm a wildling. You know, we're not clever. We just, we just show up. You know, we do it. And it speaks to the wildlings. And it makes me feel like, as people, the wildlings are just above, you know, like some of the, like, Westerosi people or even some of the northerners where like they're devious and they like try to do all these things behind your back and not these dudes and like I feel like Tormund's the best represent representation of their people you know Priscilla was saying like you know how he kind of represents the wildlings now a little bit and I feel like he's become such a valuable character now and I always joke that he's my MVP but I feel like he's becoming like a pillar and the reason I don't want him to die Okay. But I so, secretly do want him to die. You oh all have said your piece, your MVPs. My MVP is like the one that led us through the entire battle in the first place, Jon Snow. Just because I liked being oh his point of view. I liked seeing, mm. seeing, seeing battles like from the, the ground perspective, from someone who is just skipping away from arrows out of sheer goddamn luck, who is going through people like fighting him on horseback and just like brutally like sh like killing people with like swords and kind of making you feel claustrophobic everything he went through you felt as a viewer like and inevitably that that's what makes a good show if it can make you feel something so Jon Snow I love you you are my MVP please survive I can't believe Wait, nobody what? chose Littlefinger Wait, what Brittany she says she loves Jon Snow what the hell is going on here who yeah. is this robot I know what you just said <laughs> earlier. You're like John. Hey, but then I said I, and then I said I hate Ramsey, but I chose Ramsey. I don't know what's going I on. No, <laughs> can't trust Priscilla Body anymore. snatchers. Like we're com we've yeah. completely changed, and this that shows. This is a good episode. Like it, I, it's I, changed. I, I think I think that you went from hating him to like respecting him and be like. I think the same happened. The same thing that happened to me with Daenerys, where I fucking was like, fuck that bitch, to like, all right. I'm good with you, girl. That's fine. Let's see what you're up to. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the same thing happened to you. The and and, and that's... And you're right. Like, that speaks to the show. Like, that's how good... Uh, that's how a show should be. It should be that good. That, like, the writing changes your perspective on a character. And maybe you're not in their corner. But then all of a sudden, you find yourself in their corner. Because... I don't know. I mean, Daenerys started being smart. So I started liking her. You know? So... I don't know. I think that was a really good choice for you, Priscilla. I'm really surprised that you 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 said that that you loved him now. I've grown and evolved as uh, as a viewer of this show. <laughs> Yay! But I so. mean, if, if you love Jon Snow that much, then that means that you just have infinitely more love for my boy Tormund. I'm just saying. Yes, more love <laughs> for plot armor for Tormund. Please don't die, Tormund. Please, Tormund. So, and now our watch is ended. Join us next time for a brand new installment of The Throne Room. 
Visit poppychularadio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to archives of our previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Throne Room and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chula Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychularadio and email us via contact at poppychularadio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. We'd love to hear from you. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Co-hosts, what do we say to the god of death? Not Tormund, please. <laughs> Apparently not Jon Snow either. <laughs> god damn it. Smart asses. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Throne Room. For the night is dark and full of terrors. Good night. <laughs>